love so amazing and so divine. And this is the message of Good Friday. But what exactly is this love that is displayed on the cross on that Good Friday? It is a love that comforts and also confronts. It is a love that comforts. We all are in need of comfort. Actually, when I think about the things I'm most scared of in life, they all seem to appear in this story. Uh, There's the darkness. I'm still a bit afraid of the dark. There's humiliation, rejection, failure, abandonment. All the things that maybe you and I feel most afraid of, those things are present in this story. And we have the comfort that Jesus is with us in the things that we're most afraid of. And Jesus is with us in the darkness, in the failure, in the rejection, in the humiliation. But it's more than just someone being with us. When one of our children was very young, around four years old, they woke up in the middle of the night scared of the dark. And I held my child in, in my arms and I just said to them over and over again, it's okay, daddy's here, daddy's here. Daddy's here. And my child just looked up in my face and said, yes, I know that, but it's still dark, so that doesn't help. (laughs) So I think I went to look for a nightlight or something like that. (laughs) The comfort of Good Friday is not only that there is someone with us, but it's who is with us. It's the fact that it's the light of the world who is with us in the darkness. It's the one who has overcome the world who is with us in the midst of all the chaos that's around us. It's the fact that it is the Prince of Peace that is with us in the midst of so much hatred, hostility, and violence. And it's the one who is love itself, who is with us in the middle of rejection and abandonment. It is the one who is with us. Psalm 23 says that, uh, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear because you are with me. But it doesn't just stop there. It says, your rod and your staff, they come for me. It's not just the presence of God. It's what he does for us on that Good Friday that comforts us. His rod and his staff. Actually, his staff makes me think of the importance of wood throughout the Bible. A wood, of course, it was under a wooden tree that things went wrong in the world when Adam and Eve said no to God. And it was wood that created that ark for Noah and his family, for their salvation. It was a wooden staff that Moses lifted up over the Red Sea and divided the sea. It was wood that Moses threw into the waters, the bitter waters, to make them sweet. And it is under and on the wooden cross that Jesus turns bitterness into sweetness that Jesus divides the temple curtain that was symbolized the separation of us from God. It was on the wooden cross that Jesus brought the salvation of the whole world. And it was on the wooden cross where Jesus said an eternal yes, replacing the no that had been spoken by humanity from the beginning of the world. This is the comfort of the cross. And when I think of all the pain that is around the world and all the shame, when I think about the pain within 
and the shame within, all that's wrong out there and all that's wrong within here. All I have really to hold on to is the reality of the cross, that there is one holding the pain of the world, the sins of the world, my pain and my sin, the pain around me, the sin around me. And that is my comfort. And so the cross brings comfort, but the cross also brings challenge because this is what it took to bring about the salvation of the world. The cross exposes all actually that is wrong with the world. It exposes the problems with politics. The centurion who was someone in the service of Tiberius Caesar, son of God, looks at Jesus Christ and sees the way that he has operated and he leads at this moment. And suddenly all the pretensions of Rome disappear. And he decides actually, no, this is the Son of God. The temptation within politics is always to try and make, uh, within leadership in general, actually, is always to try and persuade other people to make sacrifices that you're not willing to make yourself. But here we have one who makes the ultimate sacrifice that we could never make for our sake. It exposes the weakness and the failures of politics. It exposes the failures of crowds because the crowd was given the very simple choice between the perfect, the only perfect human being who's ever lived and a criminal. And the crowd unanimously and immediately and very easily chose what was evil over what was good. It exposes the failures actually even of the church because Jesus' disciples in this moment choose self-preservation and compromise over faithfulness to their Messiah. And it exposes the depth of the problem in every human heart because this is what it took to solve the problems in you and within me. This is what it took. Because you, can, you know the seriousness of a problem by what it takes to put it right. So when, our, when one of our children was born, uh, I can't remember which, we've got four children. When one of our children was born, <laughs> Tara, immediately after giving birth, uh, she looked a bit, Tara, my wife, she, she looked a bit faint. And uh, the midwife took one look at Tara and said uh, to me, hit the red button on the wall. And I look, you know these hospital rooms, there are buttons and wires everywhere. I looked and in a panic, I just couldn't tell which button to press. And she said again, hit the button on the wall. And then she pushed me out the way, whacked the button, and then six or seven people rushed into the room to look after Tara. In a similar way, a few weeks ago, I cut my foot really badly. I mean, it's on my, I say my foot, it was actually my toe, um, my littlest toe. But it was really, it was bleeding really badly. And I stumbled into the kitchen. I just knew I needed some help. I think it had hit an artery. Do we have an artery? Maybe in my toe. So... I didn't know what was going on. The room was spinning. I found Tara in our, in our kitchen. I said, Tara, I need your help. I'm bleeding from my toe. And she, um, I didn't know whether she was going to call an ambulance first or focus on just stemming the bleeding. But what she did was she, she took a look at my toe and said, it's barely bleeding. I'm making lunch. Sort it out yourself. You can have one of the children's plasters if you're desperate. And at that moment, I thought, I'm not sure that my issue is quite as serious as, as Tara's was. Because we know the seriousness of the problem by what it takes to put it right. And this is what it took 
to put it right. And Jesus could heal incurable diseases with a simple word. He cast out demons just with a prayer. He raised people from the dead with a touch or by slightly raising his voice. But in order to deal with the sin within you and me, it took going to the cross and dying on a cross. He created the world through speaking seven days in a row. But in order to save our souls, he needed to lay his life down on a cross. This is what confronts us. And so on the cross, we have this beautiful combination of comfort and confrontation. And actually, that's what the world needs. When you think about the problems around the world, the world needs confronting and the world needs comforting. And it is easy to confront, but then leave people on their own and say, this is your problem, you need to sort it out. Or to comfort, but in comforting, diminish the problems and deny there are any deep underlying issues. But here we have on the cross this extraordinary combination of comfort and confrontation. I love the final part of this passage where it talks about Joseph of Arimathea. Because what we see in him when he asks for the body of Jesus is one who loves the crucified Jesus. Because it can be tempting to love the miracle working Jesus, but not the crucified Jesus. This is what was true of the disciples. I mean, it's one thing to love the sickness healing, demon casting, debate winning, water walking, storm calming, bread making, wine making, party going, great with children, Jesus. <laughs> but to love the beaten and bloodied, the hated and humiliated, the lifeless and dead Jesus. That is something else completely. And so Joseph of Arimathea asked for this body. And at this moment, you would imagine that he was expecting that Jesus could do nothing for him anymore. And in fact, he decides he wants this crucified Jesus when it looks like Jesus has failed and it's all over. And this is the challenge of the cross, is whether we actually, when it comes down to it, whether we want Jesus, whether he gives us something or not, whether we love him faithfully and unconditionally as he has loved us faithfully and unconditionally. But the beautiful thing is that at this very moment, when Joseph of Arimathea loved Jesus, and this moment when he was so weak, and actually the, the wording is so beautiful, it says he took the body and he wrapped it in cloth and laid it in his tomb, reminding us of Jesus' birth when Jesus was taken and he was wrapped in cloth and laid in a manger. And I suppose at the beginning of life and at the end of life, those are the moments when we have the opportunity to love people when they can give us nothing in return. And that's what Joseph does. But, and this I think is the great comfort of Good Friday for us, is just at this moment when it looked like Jesus was doing least, actually Jesus was doing most. He was saving the world. He was descending into hell. He was destroying death. He was destroying the devil. He was destroying sin forever. And that actually 
is a great comfort for me in these times. Because we go through life where it seems like Jesus is doing everything for us and he's guiding us and helping us and doing miracles for us and answering our prayers. But there are also times where it feels like Jesus is withdrawn when he's distant, when we're not quite sure what he's doing. But just when we think that Jesus, in those moments when we think Jesus is doing least, actually he is doing most. For that is how he loves us. He loves us with this love that comforts, that confronts, but also that challenges us to embrace the crucified Jesus who gave up his life for each one of us. Amen.